brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, it's time for more suds. Welcome, everyone. I know you've been waiting for it. I have. Well, here we are. Amazing. Mm -hmm. OG group. OG. Oh, I'm telling you. Old geezers. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Dave. Hang on, let me reel in my fifth chin. (laughs) What? (laughs) Not you, honey. I mean. Uh, Really? Grumpy old men. Mark and Mike. Yeah, grumpy old men. Uh, wow. You got to come up no with something better. No bail for you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> old geezers are pretty good. <sighs> Whatever. Um, welcome, everyone. This is a sud segment welcome in case on. you were wondering what was going on. And this is where good beer meets really bad radio, as witnessed by these last opening <laughs> frames. Um, this is good old gal Juliana, and with me today is good old boy Dave. Hey. <laughs> Hi. What's up? Uh, that was all I had was hey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't prepare any other yeah, remarks. Yeah, just quick I've, and then I think fade. That's, I think that's uh, Dave's entire <laughs> domain. I did prepare. And then fade quick. <laughs> Good old boy, Mike, El Jefe. Hey, this is uh, good old boy, Mike. Welcome to Sip, Suds, and Smokes, everyone. And live for the first time in... Oh, a few weeks. Apocalyptic yeah. million no. years. Exactly. Back in the saddle. <laughs> good old boy, Reverend Mark. Whoa, Bessie. <laughs> it is so, so good to be back where I belong. <laughs> We are so happy that you are here with us. And today's episode is brought to you by Carl's House of Tires. We go round and round and round to ensure that you get absolutely nothing that you need. We are here for you. Today's episode is a little bit different than our norm. So going to be funny. There's going to be a lot of laughs. I like how Dave sets the bar really low. Yeah, exactly. So we can still trip over. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to be doing a blind tasting of some Goose Island beer. Um, This is from before and after they were purchased by Anheuser Busch in 2011 for 38.8 million dollars. That was a lot of money back in 2011. Wrap that around your head. One hundred billion dollars. Well, maybe not quite a hundred billion, but you know what I mean. This will be the first in a series of episodes where we discuss how the quality or character of a brewery's beer can change when they get purchased by a larger brewery or an investment group. So uh, this is uh, happens to be the first one in the series, really kind of discussing you know before and after, and we've really discuss you know this idea at length and really trying to focus on the thing that is a core part of sip suds and smokes is um which is we're really talking about what is in the glass and really looking at it from a consumer's perspective and really trying to maintain the integrity of discussing the effect that quality is having on some of these changes that are having in both ownership, but more importantly, about production standards um, as they come around and change some of these products that you're interacting with. I think our intention through this discussion is to remain very true to that and not necessarily have a predisposition of whether acquisitions are good or bad. And I think we've really uh, taken an approach here of looking at our blind tasting to keep us all really honest. We have tasted an enormous amount of beer together. I mean, we've probably had at least 10,000 beers together uh, between, you know, uh, beer judging as well as, you know, the festival we've gone to as well as everything we've had on the show. We know each other's palates very, very well. 
And I think that we have all looked at the integrity of what we've done with our tasting and say, I have absolutely no idea what is on this sheet that we're about to talk about today. I am excited and fearful all at the same time. Um, but, you know, the thing that uh, uh, is just I want to take 30 seconds and say how cool it is to be able to sit with all three of you once again. Um, it has been five years and 200 plus episodes that, you know, we have uh, we have done this show and uh, it's just so cool to be sitting here with all of you. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers, uh, cheers, cheers. Absolutely. You know, it's just it's really cool to be able to sit with, you know, the, the three of you today. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the conversation of just, you know, hundreds of conversations that we've had. And I really love the symmetry of doing this with the original group. So let's get on with it. Okay. Okay. Let's get on. Dave? Why don't you give us some background on Goose Island? Sure. Uh, this is from an article by Jason. Some some not, note note from an article on MarketWatch.com titled "The Deal That Shook Craft Beer Five Years Ago Is Still Reverberating." Mm. From April twenty first, twenty sixteen. Five years ago, Goose Island was producing one hundred and fifty thousand barrels out of its Fulton Street Brewery in Chicago and getting a little help from the Red Hook Ale Brewery in New Hampshire, what was then known as the Craft Brewers Alliance of Red Hook and Widmer Brothers owned a 42% stake in Goose Island, which I don't think a lot of people knew that. I didn't. But its brewery and its brew pubs in... Uh, Clyburn. There you go, Clyburn Avenue, and near Wrigley Field in Lakeview were still Chicago craft staples. John Hall left his job of more than two decades at Container Corp. I bet, I wonder what they made there. That's weird. Grills. Um, of America <laughs> to open Goose Island at a brew pub in Chicago's Lincoln Park neighborhood near the eponymous, ooh, I got that word right, uh, island so. <laughs> in uh, the Chicago River in 1988. He watched Goose Island slowly earn a name for itself in its hometown with Honkers Ale, 312 Urban Wheat, Goose Island IPA, and Bourbon County brand Stout Yummo. He also brought on his son Greg Hall as brewmaster, ultimately producing a roster of brewing talent that includes Firestone Walker, brewmaster Matt, uh, whatever that guy's name is. Pernelson. Sure. Fremont Brewing head brewer Matt Lincoln. Got that one right. Southern <laughs> Tier co-founder Phil... Demink. Finn Demink. Finn Demink. Finn Demink. Oh, which is French for the mink. Uh, Revolution Brewing founder Josh Death, Dirth, Derb, Dib, I don't know. Death. Death. And Moody Tongue founder Jared Rubin. Hmm. I'll add one uh, more name Good to sandwich. that list. So Phil Weinmore from. Uh, uh, from Perennial also uh, had a stint at oh. uh, Goose as well. Yeah, I think one of the guys that uh, here locally, uh, the Fat Bottoms Brewer. Oh yeah, that's right. He had a Goose he had a run at uh, at Goose as well. Yeah, right. right. Cool. Sure. Maybe he did. I don't know. Uh, March twenty eighth, twenty eleven. Goose Island announced that uh, Anheuser-Busch InBev was buying not only the 42% stake in Goose Island owned by the Craft Brew Alliance, but the remaining 58% for a reported $38.8 million, that's million with an M, dollars. A year later, Goose Island beer, including 312 Urban Wheat, Goose Island IPA, and Hawker's Ale would be produced at Anheuser-Busch InBev Breweries in Fort Collins, Colorado, and uh, Baldwin, Bald yeah, that thing, New York, for nationwide distribution. Fans wondered if the beer would change and what the effects of distance would be and still do. Bottle shops and beer bars wondered if they should keep it on stock. Some did and some still won't. The halls, meanwhile, took somewhat divergent paths. Dot, dot, dot. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So the beers we're going to taste today were all produced by Goose Island 
in Chicago, Illinois. So we may not detect any real differences. But sometimes it's actually not scaling up the recipe by about 200 times that can cause a drop off or that rice or corn might be added or that hop schedules change or even that large brewery is so unprepared to brew a hoppy beer when they need to put the Beechwood chip team in, in charge of dry hopping an IPA. Wait. What was my point about all this? I have no. Who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think you're trying to say that sometimes a culture change can affect uh, the end product as much as a process change can. Well, I guess we could have uh, compared some IPA three one two wheat or honkers from 2011 to uh, some from now, but I'm pretty sure that any six year old bottles of that stuff would be less than awesome. No. Uh, besides, I think enough people have either recorded or written their opinions about how those uh, beers have changed that you can um, you can go pretty much on the Internet and find that. Well, so uh, the thing I remember that happened during that period of time is Goose was making all of those beers in Chicago, right? Yep. Uh, when they originally made them. And when they expanded distribution, especially for 312 and Urban Wheat, they moved all those beers to the brewery in New York. And I remember that there was a massive change in the style of those beers yep. when that moved around. Yep. Dave remembers it too. In fact, I remember 312 going, and I was like, this is not the same thing. They actually dumped a ton of beer while they were trying to figure yeah. out how to, just how to do it. it. It really took them quite a while to figure that out. So part of our conversation here is, did things change as they move things, you know, around to other InBev facilities, you know? as we went along here so yeah, you know it'll be interesting as we talk about not only just moving beer but also moving process changes as well yeah yeah well i just again want to reiterate to the listeners just bear with us here we're giving you a lot of background information right now but um cool beer is coming yes the cool beer is coming and we will be discussing it very soon after this brief interlude Clouds and crashing surf Iridescent dunes reflecting By the light of a rising glowing moon Seashore mesmerizing Night breeze hypnotizing We've come across these back roads None too soon Look to the left, to the right Keep your eyes on the road, my darling Wondering if we're only passing through Open roads and open windows My hand is yours forever, sweet love Welcome back, everyone. We are in the middle of a discussion about a Goose Island before and after. So, what happened to you, man? Used to be cool. That's still cool. Nah, you've changed, man. <laughs> well, we had given a little brief bio in the first segment, um, but now enough of that chit chat. It's time to get to the tasting, which is what we've all been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Here are the beers that we're going to be tasting today in blind pairs, mind you, and none of us. Somebody outside of this little four still group. Yeah, we have no idea what we're tasting. I mean, we know what we're tasting, but we don't know what year. So we have the Pear Jacques, the 2011 and 2013. Um, we have Sophie from 2011 and 2013. And we have Matilda from 2011 and 2013. So good old boy, Mike. Uh why don't you read our Suds ratings for us? I will in my best German accent here because we're talking about the acquisition by the Germans of this. So when are you going to start with your best one? Thank you, Dave. I've <laughs> been working on this hard for about almost 18 seconds. Yeah. All right. We're going to rip through these quick. Our Suds ratings are number one. That sucks. Gives me anything but a bud. Number two, I hear you from the other country. What's that about? Number three, I say this to my mother all the time. I want to relieve. No, 
Number four, I say this to Dave. A body should really not make that sound. Uh, Did you notice that all of Mike's foreign accents sound like old ladies? <laughs> well, you know, they could, you know. I will take it in the bit. It's a, it's a different octave for number five. <laughs> Listen to the hang time. You're going to give me another. Somehow, somehow that still sounded like an old lady. Yeah. <laughs> 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 a muffled old lady, yes. but yes, an old very lady. burly old German Thank lady. Very much. <laughs> okay. I have carved many potatoes. <laughs> That's exactly right. I don't even know what that means. Carved <laughs> many potatoes. Sure, like in the little things. There's hair on a really? chin involved. That's really? all I got to say. That's a big thing in German. Is carved potatoes? <laughs> you carved potatoes. <laughs> is oh. that your mother or your brother? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Could be both. It's a hybrid of both. <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Daddy. I am yeah. feeling a Monty Python qu- coming on here from Reverend Mark any moment. Just give him 30 more seconds, everybody. Yes, I think about the old ladies. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, uh, he had that look, and I was—I knew he was going to go. He there. always has one ready, though. What's you know? on the television screen? What's on the television? It's a penguin on the television. <laughs> What's the penguin doing on the television? I thought they were from Antarctica. <laughs> wow <laughs> okay. and we're done <laughs> okay beer number one yeah beer number one okay <gasps> so for those that are just listening in we're going to um what say we what we think beer number one is so what do you think beer number one a is good old boy dave okay, okay. just beer number beer one. number one okay oh. i think beer number one is matilda hmm I'm going to say it's Sophie is beer number one. Okay. Matilda. Wow. So we're split. And I'm thinking Matilda too. Wow. Okay. All right. Three to one. So. Dead wrong. Dave tripping up on this. Well, I told you I was flip flopping. Yeah, I knew. Yeah. It's head fake. Okay. It is Matilda. All right. Bum, bum, bum. So I got one of three wrong. Thank you. So now the next question is: Is oh, why don't you tell everybody what Matilda oh. is? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Depends on what the meaning of have, is. Is no idea. Okay. And so, apparently yeah. neither do I. What is? I think is. the loser probably has to <laughs> okay. read the description. So. so Matilda is inspired by great Trappist tales. Their complex Belgian style pale ale is fermented with wild yeast, Brettanomyces. I apparently don't know what that tastes like. Clearly, you need some help. There's probably a doctor mm. out there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, that can help you with that. Um, Matilda pours a golden sunrise color with dried fruit and clove aromas, yeah. it's a orange. spicy yeast flavor, <laughs> well, and sunrise, a satisfying not, dry yeah. finish. Now, according to legend, a grateful Countess Matilda founded a monastery where, over centuries, monks have been brewing ale unique in character. While in Belgium, we they were inspired by the story and the monk's beer, and so they returned to Chicago right. and brewed their homage. How many people believe, believe this crappy Marvel that every story? human being has two sides to his nature? I believe the monks are always in the story, the whether they're... Monks are around. Mm. Oh, there cannot be that many monks I don't in believe it. There's a, there's a dude named Leroy that made a Belgian beer. It was a guy <laughs> named... Could it could be Leroy the monk. Right. They, <laughs> they were in Belgium... They listened to a Thelonious Monk album. There you go. There you while go. they were drinking some beer. This I like. And they liked it. That is a plausible story. Okay. That you can put on a marketing label. You okay. can't just roll up on monks in Belgium. Mm-hmm. They know Kung Fu. Is, or is that Chinese monks? Which one is that? It's Chinese monks. Oh, never mind. Well, I'm sure Belgian monks fight pretty good, too. All right. Yeah, they, they drink f- all that beer. They, you know, they got to be violent. They fight beer, beer glasses. Yeah, okay, sure. so this is a Belgian. So Matilda is, in essence, a Belgian style pale ale. Mm-hmm. It's seven percent. Okay, so good old boy Dave. And I am sorry. Yes, one A or one B. Which one is the 2011 beer? Well, so uh, talk about them both, and then say before. Okay. Okay. So uh, the the one A. My notes were, and and this was before it warmed up, and actually I like it less now that it's gotten warmer. True. Um, it, I had that it had a nice round flavor, but it's kind of thinned out and and gotten just kind of a little, uh, a little bitter and everything like that. Um, kind of 
like an old person. So, <laughs> really, good old boy. You know Dave. how people get old and thin. I wouldn't. Bitter. No. <laughs> um, I would not. One B is is still, um, kind of round, sort of like a middle aged person like me. Um, <laughs> somewhat spicy. I have. Um, <laughs> I don't think either of these beers benefit from warming up, though. Um, so I think that, uh, and I'm going to stick with what I originally put. I'm on the fence on this, but I think B is before. Ooh. And A okay. is after. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Very oh, interesting. Reverend Mark is totally opposite. Um, Dang it. <laughs> good old boy, Mike. So uh, my tasting notes here for Matilda, apparently. What, you know, <laughs> yeah, now that you know what it really is. Now that I know is. what it is. So uh, for sample A, I wrote down, uh, it was kind of pleasing, uh, definitely Belgian, malt, fresh. Um, I, I thought there was a hint of banana off uh, sample A. Uh, sample B, um, I wrote malt sweetness uh, is, a, is a lot more subtle. And definitely B was darker than sample a i am uh so for uh, so my suds ratings for a is four and b is three so does that mean that Ooh, you think was, yeah, we never comboed uh what so you think that a i think that a is after and b is before okay. so i am with dave okay so wow far. yeah that's a monumental moment I think, in itself. I think it was before. Okay. It's All right. B is before. Hmm. Um, Reverend Mark, Reverend what's Mark. your thoughts? Waffle Bowl. Boy, I'm in a corner over this. Uh, wow. But not uh, in terms of what I think. But <laughs> yeah. But I am with to be in the corner. But, but I am also with Dave. I think the definitely these things warming up did not do them a favor. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think number one came across even when it was. Uh, freshly poured a, a little on the flat side to me it was um, a, a slight is that a yes okay slight cardboard to kind of uh, aspect to the nose but other than that and i don't get that now um, but when it was freshly poured um, whereas b uh, started out with a much frothier uh, dense head uh more clarity and i got a little bit more ester a kind of fruit aspect kind of a apple pear uh along with the malt right um i'm just i'm thinking that a is before mm. and b is after wow and i actually would give uh a, a two and b a three mm. interesting yeah, interesting. Okay, so when I first looked at them, the colors were very similar, but B had um, a nicer, frothier head than A. Okay, that being said, um, aromas, I really didn't get crazy aromas on either of them. And when I tried A, it was it was flat to me in flavor. Um, I felt very two-dimensional about it. I felt like it was missing something. Um that it was just like, yeah, I tasted the malt, but I really didn't taste a lot of yeast, which I would expect from this style of beer. Um, I, I just felt that it was lacking. And then when I tasted B, it was exactly what I wanted and what I expected. I got fruity notes. Um, I got malty backbone. I could taste the yeast in it. And I thought, yep, this is what I want. And so I'm thinking that I'm giving... A, a three, I'm giving B a four, and I'm hoping that B is the 2011. Ooh. So just a quick reminder, everybody, we're tasting Matilda from two different years from Goosehead Island. And Goosehead one is, Island. What did I say? Goose Island. Goose Island. <laughs> uh, so more, more beer, table three. Mike, Goose Step Island. Me, Mike, <laughs> and Juliana both think that B is before and A is after. Yeah. Reverend Mark thinks that A is before. A is before. And B All is right. After. So what's what? But I'd like to be wrong. Ooh, this is the first time she's looking at the key. Let's see. <laughs> uh oh. 
What what a face. Um, A is Matilda 2013. Wow. Wow. And B is Matilda 2011. That's right. I am really glad to be wrong about that. Because that reinforces my theory about, yeah. I am holding up my hands. I am victorious. Even I, though you didn't know what I have beer no idea it was. What he didn't know what beer it was, <laughs> correct, but yes. he knew which one was older. Well, I think what's interesting is that actually I thought that the uh I rated the uh the the beer after actually higher. So I I actually rated the yeah. the Enbev. Yeah, I actually like the Enbev version actually better than the uh prior, you know, version. Well, and I so. rated I rated the 2011 higher, although I thought it was Enbev. Yeah. So and I rated it higher because I was hoping upon hope that this is what they had intended because this is nice. Very interesting. Yeah, that is yeah. weird. Huh. Wow. All right. Uh what's the mark? Uh, we're at like 20 minutes and I'm just absolutely flabbergasted. I Good for you. Wow. Took 20 minutes for Mike to be right once. Okay. Mark sort write, of write that down. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to get into beer number 2. There we okay. go. Okay, good old boy Dave. Knowing that we have now had Matilda, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> so beer number two is. What do you think it is? Is Sophie? Okay. Um, beer number two is Sophie. Okay, Reverend Mark. That's what I'm thinking myself. Yes, mm-hmm. Sophie. And I'm kind of inclined to say Sophie. So right. let's look. At- it's actually Bud Light. Oh, oh no. It is indeed Sophie. All right. So so let's give a five-second shout-out to Sophie. There we go. Um, Sophie is... Good old boy Sophie? Mike was right. Yeah. right farmhouse. House. So Sophie is their sparkling Belgian-style farmhouse ale in wine barrel-aged uh, with an abundance of hand-zested orange peel. Spicy white pepper notes contrast the citrus tartness. Hmm. The light, refreshing, creamy vanilla finish will excite those fond of champagne. Hmm. It is 6.5%. It is a Belgian-style farmhouse ale. It's funny. I didn't read any of this while we were you know, writing down our tasting notes, so... This will be interesting. And this is kind of sweet. So, originally brewed by Belgian farmers to attract the best farm hands, <laughs> um, the guys at, at Goose Served Island. Served by their daughters. Sure. To, right. To the further guy, enhance the sale. Okay, fine. Um, the guys were inspired to brew an exceptional ale as inviting as the original Belgian farmhouse ales. So, they consider this light and effervescent, and they named it after their founder's granddaughter, Sophie. Isn't that sweet? That's a load of crap. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Um, good old boy Dave. Good now that you know that this is Sophie. Yes. What are your tasting notes on A and B? Um, so I felt like B was a more flavorful version of A. Um, hmm. Not that A is bad. I just felt like it was a cleaner, smoother flavor. Um. It felt like B was uh, still had maybe a, a little had maybe more a little good lord maybe had a little more uh, flavor impact from the yeast like maybe there was a little maybe it was fermented a little warmer or something but there was a little more fruitiness uh, going on in the flavor for me so um, I gave. Uh, B a four and A a three. Okay, and which one did you think was pre? Uh, uh, A is before and B is after. Okay. Okay. Uh, good old boy, Mike. So, uh, for Sophie, uh, sample A, I wrote down my tasting notes. So it was interesting. I again, I didn't read any of these, uh, you know, marketing notes. I wrote down citrus. Um, I thought it had kind of a sweet uh, subtleness to it. Uh, pronounced bitterness on uh, sample A. My set rating for sample A is three. For sample B, I wrote down uh, it's hazier by appearance, uh, citrus and sweet, and it's kind of in a bit more of a, a blend. I, there was a really clean finish that came off uh, sample B. Um, 
and th- there was a lot more aroma i thought off sample b than uh than uh, sample a and uh my suds rating for sample b is four and i am going to say that uh sample a is after and b is before so i am exactly the same way uh once again so a is a is matilda before acquisition and b is matilda before acquisition a is a is after a is after and b is before exactly opposite of and you said that b was hazy but do you see these two in front of me well yeah you might have more of the dregs look here see uh, let me hold these up for you yeah this can is you a see me through b no you can see me through a oh my god this wow. is funny because this is my b and this is my a now, mine are look at mine are, <laughs> are identical <laughs> we got hosed who's, who's our steward for this yeah okay all right, all right. well nameless okay that. fine i think that sucks i think it sucks mm-hmm. so reverend mark mm-hmm. what are your mm-hmm. take what is your take on these two beers all right i I'm thinking that 2A, uh, my sensory, sensory perceptions of this beer, is that there's a, a slight malt edginess uh, that kind of keeps at bay what little acidic dryness comes through. Uh, but I think it's overall more um, kind of just one-dimensional, a little bit more, I won't say totally flat, but just doesn't really have a lot of nuance to it. And it's one that did taste better when it was cold than it does now. Mm. And I think it was as cold, a very good quaffing beer. There you go. So uh, I would say that I'm thinking this is after the acquisition. Okay. And I will give it um, a rating of three. Okay. So for B, uh, it's a little drier than A, more effervescent. There's more spice that's going on. We'll be right back. Not just the destination, but baby, the whole elation riding down this lover's avenue. As slow as a willow blows, or as fast as the whirlwind grows, we glide beneath the stars in cobalt blue. To the right, keep your eyes on the road, my darling, wondering if we're only passing through. Open roads and open windows, my hand is yours forever, sweet love, our eyes ahead on these back roads with a view. Welcome back, everyone. We are in the midst of a very interesting Goose Island before and afterwards. And we were... I am one and O. <laughs> According to good old boy Actually, Mike, that's all that matters. Yes. Well, you know, <laughs> when you're a married man and <laughs> you've been as married as long as Mike has... One and O is actually pretty good. That's a good. That's a. That's the only record that counts. Wow. Okay. Well, it's probably we, more like one in a thousand. Thanks. <laughs> I appreciate that, Dave. Wow. <laughs> so we have been um, discussing our beer number two, and Reverend Mark had just finished his two A. Sophie, so, I did. Sophie, yeah. So let's talk about uh, his beer two B. B. Sophie B. Be better for me. Um, wow. <laughs> I think it, um, in comparison, is drier than A. It's more was more effervescent when it poured. Uh, there's definitely greater spice notes, uh, pepper, um, a little bit of um, coriander, perhaps, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, the 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 acid finish is uh, is 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 there, but just enough to kind of wake your palate up. Uh, so acid finish, yeah, the acid sounds finish. like the 
sixties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the the Haight Ashbury version. Uh, so For I think overall, there's more. There's there's just more aroma. There's more malt. There's more spice, but there's not a lot of it anywhere. It's just in really good balance. So. Uh, I would give them a, this a Sudge ratings of four. And I would uh, speculate that this is a 2011. Wow, before. So before. you think that B is before. B is I before, I mean, A is, is after. So, okay. so Reverend Mark and I are hooked up on what's yeah. what. Okay. All right. Dave, so, Dave's on the outs. Well... Okay, so I had to think about this beer before I started drinking it and thinking, okay, so what would have been like 2011 versus 2013? Good luck. Yeah, well, yeah. So to me, the 2013 was crisper. It was, it almost tasted fresher to me. It tasted more like the flavors were fresh. They weren't as muted as 11 was, if that makes any sense. No. No. I don't know. No. I don't know what's what. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. What I mean is, is like eleven. The one you think is eleven. Okay. So the one. No. What I mean is, is a was mellow to me in comparison. Like it just seemed to lack things. Okay. Um, Which uh, Reverend Mark and I are speculating is after acquisition. And maybe it she is. She thinks it's because of age, mm. which I do. Well, that's what I'm thinking because a farmhouse wouldn't be able to hold up that long. I don't know. I don't On know. On the bottles, this is it, just it these says are so close. Flavors yeah. may develop for up to five years. Yeah. So this okay. is six years. So you're wrong. You're wrong. If you agree with really, me, you're I right. Mean, what is the difference between four years and six years? Uh, well, I don't know. Two years, like I don't know. half of a. Thing. Well, for bourbon, it can mean something. Yeah, but not in beer. But anyways, oh, the, the point Mikey. is, is one tasted mellow, as in flavors had faded. And I'm going with the A being the older one and B being the newer one. Now, that being said, I like the flavor of B because it's fresh. It's crisp. It's effervescent to me. It has a creamier head to me. It just seems to be fresher in the scheme of things. Whereas A was a mellow, a mellower, older farmhouse, if that makes any sense. Can we get to the part where I go up to and O? <sighs> Fine. So, um, what would you rate A and what so would you rate B? A was a three and B was a four. Okay. And I'm thinking that well, A so was same pre. rating. So, yeah. 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 But I'm thinking that A was pre and B was post. Okay. Mm. But I have no post. idea. Here we go. And here we dun, go. Dun, dun, dun. <gasps> Again. Yes. Oh, man, this blows. Oh, it's not a competition, but if it was, I won. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. High five, buddy. I'm yes. One. All right, I'm one and one. Mark is 0 and 2. So, though. man. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So he a? actually the most experienced best beer taster here. What? <laughs> okay. So A was Sophie 2011 and B was Sophie 13. Wow. In your face. Okay, mm. but let's think about this. This well, was Well, so you know, so here is that same point of epiphany, you know, that I'm having is so I rated uh actually the post acquisition better as a 4. Mhm. Mm and so this is one of those cases where that product actually did where much age better. Was not a you know, friend. yeah, was yeah. Uh, actually did a lot better, you know, in yeah. the hands of Inbev. So so there's that. Yeah. So yeah. Yep. Yep. But, okay. Cool. But still, though, we don't know how much influence Inbev has on these particular beers even now. I no, mean, you know, I, I really don't. I don't think they just you know inherently go around and start putting rice and stuff and. Things like that. So okay, or maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe they do. Mm. Okay, so now we're down to the last one. Yep. Okay. The horses pull it around on wagons. Yeah, we got to run uh, through this just a yeah. little, right, a little bit faster. So first okay. Off, well, I think we all well, know all what P this it's is. It's all Pierre Jacques. Yeah. So, so yeah. let's talk about Pierre Jacques. I think okay? this one's Pierre Jacques. <sighs> wow. Oh, That's sorry. Good. Okay. So <laughs> it is brewed with loads of malt That's and Belgian yeast. It is wonderfully fruity. And malty. 
Uh, the complex flavors stand shoulder to shoulder with the Belgian Dubels enjoyed in the world's finest beer bars. At the dining table, it is the perfect alternative to a glass of vintage port. And I like how they said that. So this is a Belgian-style Abbey Ale at 8.7%. Okay? Good old boy, Dave. You mean there's not like a rip, you know, endearing marketing story about how someone came down from the Alps to, you know, bring the yeast for this, you know? That would have worked. The hills are alive. No, I, I'm sorry. But With the sound of Belgian too, yeast. Belgian yeast, <laughs> yeah. Where okay. were you at the marketing meeting? <laughs> okay. Under the table drinking the beer. All right, Dave, go. All right, well, on this one, I'm actually going to do a flip-flop of Uh-oh. my previous after it's warmed up. <laughs> so I wow. know, right? I'm, I'm admitting it, though. Mm. <clears throat> I'm not a politician. Uh for both of these, for A and B, I both I wrote uh, candy sweet on both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for A, I also wrote some thing that I, I think is a word, but I don't know what it is. Um, apparently, I'd been drinking when I wrote it, uh, but and uh, you can't read it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like D I E R R E. Dire. Is that a word? No. No. Diarrhea. Uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but for welcome to Dave's headwriting today. <laughs> but for B, I wrote tobacco. Ah, huh. um, really? Yeah, yeah. I got hints of tobacco. Did you grow up in some other place than I did? Seriously? Uh, yes. No. Uh, on the poor side of town. Oh my god! I did not have a silver spoon in my mouth. Mm. Or uh, no, I'm sorry. There is no tobacco on uh, that one. Uh, listen, dude. I'm just telling you what I taste. All right, tough guy. So originally I thought A was before and B was after, but I'm going to flip that and I'm going to say that A is after and B is before. And I'm getting, but I'm leaving my sudge ratings the same as four for A and a three for B. Okay, so which is pre and post? So uh, B is before and A is after. Mm. You know we're agreeing on this tape. Oh. Oh, sh- oh, boy. Can I retract that earlier? Oh, we yeah. are not. Okay. All right. Good old boy, Mike. So for Pierre Jacques, a sample A, I wrote down lots of caramel. Uh, there was It was very sweet. There's actually a little bit of fig coming off this. Um, my sedge rating for sample A was three. For sample B, I wrote down caramel uh, sweetness again, less sweet, um, and I, I just uh, it was thin. You know, uh, sample B was a lot more thin, um, and I, I just it did not appeal to me. Actually, my sedge rating for B is two, and uh, so I'm going to say that um, for my before and after. Sample A is before, and sample B is after. Ooh. Yes. Intrigue. Bum, bum, intrigue. Bum, there you go. So I think that I think the original uh, recipe for Pierre Jacques was better uh, before acquisition is what I'm saying. So, Reverend Mark. Okay. Well, I would agree with both of you guys, but I would turn a few things around. To make it <laughs> so work, I really agree with neither work. of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I turn a lot. Well, as long as you clarify, <laughs> I would that. turn a lot of things down. But- <laughs> I would, I would agree with what's best, and then I, then I'd have to say, but when it happened. Mm-hmm. So uh, with three A, I say that uh, for me, I get for some reason I just got a, a beet sugar going on there that I that I did not get in the other. Uh, it it really mingled well with the malt, and there were some really interesting aromatic notes. I even picked up a little bit of uh, hazelnut and some citrus. Uh, and it just seemed like a very rich uh, Trappist fruitcake or something, you know. It just it had a, it had that see kind of bready stuff. That would to give each other. A it's Christmas. all about figgy yeah. pudding. <laughs> yeah, and then they then they give it to their relatives, and yeah, then their relatives give it to their it's relatives. All about in the closet, figgy, nobody figgy wants pudding. it. Uh, so for four A, four A, four A, three A. Sorry, three A for three A. <laughs> This is, I'm reading my notes wrong. I'm yeah. sorry. I, I had a dyslexic moment there. Uh, for 3A, I would give a four. Ooh. Uh, uh, okay, that matches me. And I would also say that it was a, um, 
2013, post, not pre. Ooh, so he's saying it's after. So it's you're after. saying, yeah. so you're saying the boys from Germany brought the figs. That's right. Yes. Yeah. We have figs <laughs> for you. Okay. <laughs> Whereas 3B seemed to be had had a a cellared kind of musty taste, not all, not entirely in a positive in a in a negative way, but nonetheless. And I also picked up some tannins, uh, just slight. And uh, I agree with uh, good old boy Mike that it seemed to be a little less sweet overall. So for that one, I would give a three. Good old gal, Juliana. I'm kind of in the same camp. So 1A, the more that I drink it, the more that it's opening up and it's becoming, there's a lot of dark fruits in there. Um, God, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's caramely, it's toffee, it's, I'm getting plumminess, like what I would expect. Um, what three B is like falling flat. Like it, there's some malt, but it's not the full malt flavor that I was hoping for. And it just seems like everything is sort of in terms of flavor profile, it dives off really quickly. Um, so 3A, I'm giving a 4. 3B, I'm giving a 3. And, God, I have so much on the fence over this. Oh, you need a dartboard? No. Do you want to play rock, paper, scissors? I, I, I'm thinking so, but I'm... Coin to flip or... Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that B is pre. Ooh, BS pre. That's and what I say. A. No. And so I'm the one. I'm the odd person out here. All well, you, all three. Imagine of that. Yeah. So so let's hear it. So okay. I have B as after. All the rest of you have B as before. Correct. So, right. Yeah. Correct. Dun, dun, dun. Let's hear it. Okay. And I seriously have I no idea. I am going to N one. Dun dun dun. <gasps> Yes, that's right, people. Read it and we. What is it? A is new and B is old. There you go. Wow, man, I lost. <laughs> oh, how did that happen? That is awesome. Oh, oh, it's not a competition, but if it was, he, I won. He listened to her read it <laughs> and still thought he was right. I was watching that, her reaction. He must be an attorney. <laughs> Just absolutely <laughs> fell for that one. Yes, I am. Oh my god, that's so cool. No, Mark um, no it's not cool. With a with a correct answer. With that's a correct so. answer on on the aging, but yeah. all my other answers were right anyway. Okay. That's uh, right. So <laughs> so look at this. Again, this is pretty cool. It's another moment where so the thing that we uh, all agreed on was A was the better sample and we really talked about the richness of the yes, flavor profile exactly. of you know what uh, has been done with this beer. There was a lot more. I wrote down fig, and you said um, fruit cake or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, like hazelnut. Oh, yeah. Hazelnut. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot more complex. So I'm wondering if it, it just really comes more down to a beer's shelf life, like an aging life. I don't think so. So uh, I know exactly how all these beers were stored. I know who stored them. Um, so listen, before we, uh, charge into uh, the rest of our conversation, I want to give a huge shout out to Eddie Chimmy, good friend of the show. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, so grateful that he was able to, uh, contribute to this. He happened to be, uh, working, you know, with a distributor around this period of time. And it was really cool that we actually were able to source, um, you know, these beers actually prior to acquisition, I had the ones that were after um, that were cellared and all of these were cellared in temperature control conditions and exactly, sure. you know, the same. So uh, this was, you know, about as, uh, you know, um, scientific as you get through this. So um, thank you, Eddie. Thanks, Eddie, much. man. Yeah, that's awesome. Really thank you so much. Crap. I went on two, man. One and two. I can't believe out of that. Sorry, buddy. It's almost like UT or something. Yeah, know. really? What? What? I got the t-shirt what? that says Dave is loser. <laughs> what am I going to do now with that t-shirt? Um, uh, save it. It'll come in handy. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but how interesting is this? I mean, so it's not necessarily about, you know, pre and post, but it's kind of aging too. I am, uh, 
did. I'm so glad we did this. And yeah, uh, this was a lot of fun. What, what what was in the glass? So mm-hmm. hey, post and bev definitely wins out in this. So how cool? I guess so. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can catch all of our episodes online as well as on SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play, PRX, and Spreaker, our native media host. iTunes, Google Play, and our own Android app are the easiest ways to enjoy the show on your phone. Just search for Sip Sud Smokes on iTunes or in the Google Play Store. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. Our handle on Twitter is at SipsudSmoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. And we would ask you, please, please, please take time to rate this episode if you're listening online. It helps a lot. What a cool episode today with the Mafia. Oh, man. Good old boy, Dave. Hey, thanks, guys. This was really awesome. Good old boy, Mike. It, you know, this was really an extraordinary uh, exercise. I'm looking forward to the next one. We will take on the B and Billion for Constellation with Ballast. So I'm looking forward to that. Woo! This is good old boy, Mike, asking you to come back, join us once again, and keep on sipping. And Reverend Mark. It has been so much fun. And even though I might have been wrong a few times, it still tasted good. There you go. That it did. This is good old gal, Juliana. Thanks for joining us and keep on chuggling, guys. production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.